0: I feel good, na-na-na-na-na-na, I knew that I would now, na-na-na-na-na-na, so good, yeah, yeah, so good, how do you feel good, what a great question, and a lot of people talk about energy and enthusiasm and excitement, well I do talk about it from the inside, but what about the outside, what if you really want to look good on the outside, what's that got to do with weight loss, and I asked that question with a little bit of sarcasm, Because weight loss is one of the biggest, hottest topics in the world. It's one of the most Googled questions, how do I lose weight? And we seem to have this obsession, focus, fanatical, I've got to lose weight. Uh, Do we know if we've put weight on? Do we know if we've lost weight? What does that actually mean? And why do some people lose weight and keep it off? Why do some people lose weight and put it back on again? And why are there some people that just stay the same weight for their whole life? Uh, And uh, there's some people who don't know how much they weigh and they don't care. (laughs) And I'm really excited to be in that category. I haven't weighed myself for a very, very, very long time and have no intention to do so because I completely understand what weight actually means. So if you want to feel good, look good, have a stack of energy, and I'll, I'll use those three E's, energy, enthusiasm, and excitement for life. Does the way you look in the mirror have something to do with that? And I think that we'd probably be kidding ourselves if we think that that just doesn't matter. Uh, I think there's a lot of people who, when they look in the mirror, well, a lot of people have shared, millions of people have shared with the world, I want to lose weight so I look better when I look in the mirror. As a personal exercise coach, it's been one of the big driving forces for a lot of people. I want to look different when I look in the mirror. I don't like the way I look. So does that actually have anything to do with weight? And I think it's a really important question. So there's the psychological, emotional part of that, and then there's the physiological part. And which one's more important? If we understand the physiological part, could we handle the emotional part better? If we understand physiologically what we can and can't change, would we be able to handle what we see in the mirror better? Uh, can we love what we see in the mirror every day? And I would love to think that that's possible. So let's, uh, let's have a look at how as exercise professionals, as coaches, as parents and teachers, uh, we could help people understand uh, the whole process of having a stack of energy physically on the inside and loving what you see on the outside. So what, and I'm going to ask the question again, what do you actually want to look like and is that a realistic uh, idea? And I always laugh because I've uh, I get my haircut every two weeks, and I've had this hair now since I was twelve, and I'm a very old lady. So I've, I have a lot, had a lot of haircuts in my life, and I always laugh because it doesn't matter what country I go to and how many different hairdressers I've been been to. Uh, every time I go, somebody comes into the salon with a photo and says, "I want to look like this." And how many times have you seen a poor hairstylist go, "Oh my God, uh, that's." Can't, a can't do that with your hair you'll never look like that uh, i'm not a miracle worker now they probably don't say that sometimes they said it to me uh, i'm really easy to please because my haircut takes about seven minutes and i'm all i'm out of there i'm sharing that with you because the real the realistic question is can you actually look the way you want to look or is a better question what is the what is the best way that i can look uh, based on my genetics and my height and my shoulder width and my limb length and the, just the way my body's put together. Uh, it's it's a bit like hair. We all have different hair. We all have different bodies. And for me to say I want to be taller and I want to have thinner shoulders or less broad shoulders and, and thinner hips, it's a really silly thing because obviously I can't change that. So let's start there. One are the things that you can't change and should we accept those? So the height of our body, that's pretty much how we're going to be for the rest of our lives. The width of our shoulders, because that's a bony structure, that doesn't change. There's not one eating plan or exercise plan on the planet that will change the width of your shoulders unless your bones waste away. And that's an interesting thing to consider. Obviously, the width of your hips is exactly the width of your hips because that's a bony structure. And the length of your arms is, is, and the length of your legs, is. that's how you're going to look for the rest of your life. That's, they're the things you can't change. What you can change, of course, is how much of the muscle that you can see uh, because of the layer of fat that you have. And this is where I think we get really caught up. And as exercise professionals, I think we really need to, oh, would it be a really good idea to understand the difference between what weight is and what fat fat on the body is and the way somebody wants to look, why that has absolutely nothing to do with weight. So I'll start with that physiological process Uh, because if we don't understand it and we can't explain it simply, then it's going to be very complicated for our clients or the people that we want to help. So if I talk about weight and when you stand on the scales, that ridiculous thing of standing on the scales It doesn't tell us anything except that is our complete body weight. So if you want to know what's the exact body weight that I have, and it might be that uh, maybe one day when we get on planes, they're going to measure and weigh us to make sure that we don't put too much weight on the plane. I don't know. But our actual total weight, what does that, do we actually care? And there's three things there that are really important that I think we seem to just don't understand when it comes to weight Number one is water. We can only live a few days without water. It's a really important substance. The body's predominantly made up of water. If you dehydrate, you feel sick, you feel tired, you could probably throw up and you'll, you'll die pretty soon. It doesn't take very long to die when you're dehydrated. But when you stand on the scales, it doesn't tell you how much water is in your body. And interestingly, if you dehydrate, you will lose a stack of water. Just ask boxers or jockeys or cyclists or anybody that has to make weight for their sport. Uh, It's a complicated process because they need high performance but uh, low weight or they've got to make a certain weight. And when you dehydrate, you just feel really yuck. Uh, When you stand on the scales, you don't know how much of your body weight is water or or how much of the weight is water. And it's also very interesting because a lot of people, before they weigh themselves, will go and tinkle to get the water out of their body. So there must be some kind of understanding that water weighs. So I don't want to dehydrate. I want to have the the maximum amount of water in my body that I need for peak performance. So why would I want to dehydrate? That's my first question. So that's to do with weight. The second one, uh, almost as important, are your muscles. Uh, they are the metabolism of your body. They're the, the the fuel burning engine. The highest metabolic or the highest metabolic burn in your body comes from your muscles. Uh, and when you stand on the scales, you don't know what that weight is. There's water weight and muscle weight. And if you're losing muscle weight, your metabolism slows down and you'll be getting weaker. I don't want that. How about you? So when I weigh myself, which I don't, and this is the reason why. Uh, I need to know that I'm hydrated and I can do that by having a tinkle and if it's long and clear, that's a pretty good sign that I'm hydrated. Uh, My muscles are really heavy. I don't want to lose weight off my muscle because if I'm losing muscle, I'm going to get old fast, I'm going to get weak fast, I'm going to get fat fast, so why would I care about my weight? In fact, the opposite. If I, as and if, as particularly if you're getting older, you want that muscle weight to be going up, not coming down. You don't want to weigh less on the scales because if you're losing muscle weight, you're going to be losing a fast metabolism. Nah, don't want that to happen. So don't want to dehydrate, don't want to lose muscle, and then the next one is I certainly don't want to lose bone. If your bones are getting thinner, if they're getting lighter, that's called osteoporosis. That's a bone thinning disease. And when I stand on the scales, I don't know. Uh, if my bones are getting weak, and if they are getting weak, then I'll weigh less on the scales. So yes, my weight scale might say, that number, that really scary number, might say, yes, Roa, you've lost two kilos or three kilos, but that could be water weight, could be muscle weight, could be bone weight, and those three things are really dangerous for my health and will screw up the way I look. Because obviously, if your bones are wasting away, you start having really bad posture. If your muscles are wasting away, you're going to get fatter and weaker because your metabolism slows down. And if you're losing water weight, you're going to die. That's the, that's the outcome of that. Uh, and if you've ever been dehydrated, it's horrible. I uh, ran a couple of marathons dehydrated and ended up throwing up for a couple of days after the marathon. It's not good for your body to not have enough water. So why do we just have this incessant fanatical focus? on how much I weigh. They're three things I wanna keep at maximum weight. I want maximum hydration, maximum muscle, and maximum bone, how about you? Uh, I really want that. Then I ask a really silly question. Uh, Do you want your heart to weigh less? Do you want your kidneys to weigh less? Do you want your brain to weigh less? Do you want the amount of blood you have in your body to be less? We don't, they're all weight. I always have a giggle. I go to the hairdresser as I shared. Uh, If I had longer hair, I'd weigh heavier. So, you could get a haircut and weigh less. The ridiculous thing to say is if you don't like the weight that you are, you could chop a leg off. Uh, That would be, you'd lose a lot of weight because most of the big muscles are in your legs. If you uh, chopped a leg off, you'd lose weight on the scales. It'd be a bit difficult to stand on the scales, too, by the way. But I'm going to use that as a very specific analogy because one of the things about losing weight is that you do, if you're on a silly diet, you are very likely to lose fluid, you're very likely to lose muscle and very likely to be losing bone mineral density. And I can share that with you passionately because when I was working with young girls that had osteoporosis, young girls that, who had bone thinning disease and they were teenagers, were girls that were dieting, girls with eating disorders. Uh, all of those three things just don't work. And why would we care what our weight is And in fact, I'll rephrase. Wouldn't we want to care what our weight is because we want it to go up, not to come down? So what do we actually want then? We can't change the width of our shoulders, the width of our hips, the length of our body. We can't change our genetics. Uh, Why do we want to change our weight? Or have we got that a little bit screwed up? Is it not the weight? We want to have Strong bones, strong muscles. We don't want to lose weight off our heart, our kidneys, our liver. We want our body to be healthy. I hope so. So, is it fat that we want to lose? And if it is, then fat doesn't weigh very much. Isn't that interesting? Uh, You say, well, I lost 10 kilos. Well, how much of that was fat weight? How much was muscle weight? How much was water weight? How much was bone weight? And if you want it to be fat weight, there's this really interesting thing that people do now is they get a body fat test and when I was personal exercise coaching, people would ask, okay, I don't care about what I weigh then, so how much fat have I got? And I've got a really great way for you to work that out for yourself without having to have somebody pinch your fat, which is a really horrible experience for most people. We now have body scan machines and they're worth about $50,000 and it'll probably tell you how much body fat you've got. But uh, those machines can be manipulated and wouldn't that be sad when you think that you've got a certain body fat percentage but that's not exactly right because the machine uh, isn't working properly. When I share that, um, it doesn't it doesn't calibrate effectively for eating food being hydrated time of the day and if you really want to test that process uh, have a body scan done three or four times throughout a week uh, whether you've eaten or not eaten whether you've had something to drink or not something to drink whether you've exercised or you haven't and your scan will be different and I think that that's uh, probably a waste of time and that's just a because I've got a better way, how about this, <laughs> not my way, it's just the logical, common sense way. If you've got strong muscles and bones, you'll have a fast metabolism. If you've got a fast metabolism, you burn up everything you put into your body, which means regardless of what you put in, it's not going to turn into fat. Now fat is already fat, so that's a pretty simple process, for fat from fat to go from, from your food to your fat cell, pretty easy. Carbohydrate and protein, very difficult to turn them into fat, but they will, and if you don't, uh, we only store half a kilo of carbohydrates, if your carbohydrate stores are full and you keep putting food in, your body says, what are you doing to me, and it has to try and get rid of it, so yes, your body will turn carbohydrate into fat, and yes, your body will turn protein into fat, and again, a very complicated process, and it takes a lot of energy to do it, but everything you put into your body will at one stage turn into fat if you don't burn it up. Even alcohol, now there's no storage space for alcohol. And this is another thing that I think as exercise professionals, we need to, it's it's easy to say, yes, alcohol makes you fat, but you have to explain why. Because there's nowhere to store it and your body can't turn it into fat because it doesn't stay in your body long enough. It's a toxin. So your body prefers to burn alcohol when you've got it in your body, which of course means everything else that you, that you eat, carbohydrate, protein, and fat, because they're the four macronutrients, they don't get burnt up the other three because your body's busy burning alcohol. So that's why, yes, alcohol can have an effect on how much fat you have on your body. So everything we eat can in some way, shape or form end up in our fat cell. And the challenge with the fat cell is we don't have one of them. Uh, Carbohydrate, we only have storage for half a kilo. Fat cells we have, and I always joke about this, somewhere between 40 to 50 billion and somebody counted them. Genetically, that means some people have more and some people have, have less. Yes, I get that. But it means that uh, we have a pretty good storage system because each one of those fat cells can expand. So here's a great question when we say, do you want to lose weight? Is it actually weight that you want to lose or fat? And I really hope that it's fat. If, that's, if, you, if you want to look a certain way, if you want to be able to see your muscles, for example, You know that you've got low body fat percentage when you can see your muscles. I'm gonna say that again. Without a body fat test, without a pinch test, without a body scan, without somebody telling you what your body fat percentage is, if you look in your mirror and you can see your muscles, that means there's very little fat between the skin and the muscle, subcutaneous fat, which means you have a low body fat percentage. It's a really simple test. Stand in front of a mirror with all the lights on and have a look at your body naked. And if you can see your muscles, you have a low body fat percentage. It's one of the reasons why I get a little bit annoyed with body scanning and body test, body fat testing. Because a lot of people will say to me, I had a body fat test done today or I had my body scan done today. And I'm only 15% body fat or I'm 10% body fat. But you can't see their muscles. So uh, regardless of the numbers, if you can see your muscles, physically see them, to look at then you have a low body fat percentage isn't that awesome so if you want to reduce the fat off your body again it's not weight because fat doesn't weigh very much muscle increases your metabolism that helps you burn up fat so that's pretty awesome but there's two things about fat that we seem to we don't ask questions about maybe we should do you want to have less fat as in less fat cells or do you want to have emptier fat cells because if you've got 40 billion or 50 billion of them Round round numbers. Uh, if they're empty, you'll have low body fat percentage. You'll be able to see your muscles. If your fat cells are full, you won't be able to see your muscles because it'll look like you're you're wearing a big blanket or a or a um, a hoodie or a puffer jacket, as they call it, call them in New Zealand, or a duvet or a doona, depending which country you live in. Uh, the more fat you have, the thicker the fat percentage that you have underneath the skin, the less you can see the muscles. So if you want to uh, get or have less fat cells, that's called liposuction. And people have liposuction, and yes, it works. But the challenge with liposuction is you'll have less fat cells, but the ones you have to keep some, you have to still have fat on your body, and the ones that are there can expand So with your 40 or 50 billion fat cells, we get to choose how much fat is actually inside the cell. We can't change the number that we've got unless we have liposuction. But even if you have liposuction, the ones that are left can still expand. And that's one of the challenges with a lot of the surgeries that people have for losing weight. So we have lots of uh, gastric bypass surgery and lap band surgery where I'm just not going to eat very much so consequently I'll I'll, uh, lose weight Mm, lose weight I'm going to say that again is it possible that I'll lose muscle weight because I can't exercise I'll lose bone mineral density I'll lose weight off my bones and if I'm not looking after myself physically I might not drink enough water so I'll dehydrate yes I'll lose weight but what's actually happening to my body (laughs) so if I have If I keep eating, even if I have less fat cells from liposuction, if I keep eating too much, all the macronutrients, in one way, shape, or form, can turn into fat. So it's not about the number of fat cells I have, technically, because I could take some away and still fill up the ones that are left. So uh, is that a? This is one of the things I've I've been studying all of my life, and I still have no understanding. If you as a human want to look good, it's a pretty simple process. All you've got to do is get fit and get strong, which turns your body into a food-burning, calorie-burning machine, gives you the metabolic rate that speeds up because you've got more muscle or you replace the muscle that you've lost because you've gotten older or you haven't lifted heavy. And then all of this, all of this sorts itself out. <laughs> People who are really fit and really strong, one of the side effects is they have low body fat percentage and they look good in the mirror. Now, not all I get that, but it's a, it's a pretty good uh, way to get your body into great shape. So, if you don't want to have, uh, if you don't have liposuction, and there's a, I just again from personal experience, having taken lots of taken lots of clients to see plastic surgeons, there's a lot of plastic surgeons that won't do liposuction on people who aren't fit and strong, and there's two reasons for that. One is uh, it's a a risky surgery. All surgery is risky. And if you're not fit and strong, your recovery takes a really long time. And when you're dealing with something like fat cells being removed and you've still got fat on your body because you can't take them all away, what happens if you're not fit and strong and you haven't changed your head space is even if you've had liposuction or lap band surgery or gastric bypass surgery, a lot of people still get fatter. Because the headspace hasn't changed. And that's where the, the psychological, emotional part comes in. Why did I fill up my fat cells in the first place? Why am I eating too much food and not doing enough exercise that my fat cells got filled up? And if I'm going to empty my fat cells out and or I'm going to have liposuction and remove some, what do I need to change psychologically so I don't put the weight back on again? And I'm going to ask that question again. Why is it that some people just stay the same weight, the same size, the same energy level for their whole life? Some people put on weight, go, hell, get rid of this stuff. They put on fat. And I'm going to rephrase that because it's, you see how easily that rolled off my tongue? People put on weight. They didn't put on bone weight and they didn't put on muscle weight and they probably didn't drink too much water and put on water weight. They put on fat weight, which is a lot of fat because fat doesn't weigh very much. A lot of people put on fat and lose it and put more on and lose it and put more on than they lost and lose it. And it's a horrible process. And I don't want anybody to go through that because can you imagine what that does for your psychology and your physiology if you're constantly rollercoasting through Uh, fat gain, fat loss, fat gain, fat loss. Yuck. So why is it that some people have the same fat percentage? You can see their muscles all of their life. Some people eat a lot of food, go, I really need to get rid of some of this fat off my body. So they exercise, eat less, lose it, and never put it back on again. And then there's the people that do this. And could it be our fault as exercise professionals, as coaches, because we're giving people the wrong information, because we focus so much on the scales. And the scales, again, if I'm, if I'm weighing my total body, very accurate. That's it. The scales tell me nothing about my hydration, my muscles, my bones, and fat doesn't weigh very much. So we're so focused on losing weight, but the thing that we actually want to get rid of doesn't weigh very much so the fat cell itself and just a quick physiology and I'm sure that you know this already the 40 50 billion that we have uh, if we don't have if, if we burn up the fat that we eat they don't fill up so they just like flat little balloons and that's why you can see your muscles because the the fat cells not big when the fat cell gets filled up with fat it's like a balloon and it keeps getting bigger and it keeps getting bigger and it keeps getting bigger. And just like a balloon, if it gets too big, it splits. And this is an interesting concept because I've often asked the question, I certainly did the first part of my career, how do people even become morbidly obese? How does that happen that the human body can expand so much that it can get that big? And that's an interesting concept because we have hypertrophy, which is an increase in size of the fat cell. But then there's hyperplasia where it gets so big that it splits because each fat cell has another little like a baby fat cell attached to it so that when it splits, that one can grow and get bigger. So our ability to store fat is what I'm sharing is unlimited pretty much. And I'm sure you've seen that because we've got people now in the world that weigh 300 kilos when you weigh their total weight they weigh 300 kilos. When they do a bone mineral density test, a lot of those people have osteoporosis. Even though they're big, heavy people, their bones are wasted away, their muscles are wasted away, and their actual weight is fat weight. So you can have that test done. Isn't that interesting? So wouldn't it be nice to know that you've got strong muscles and strong bones, and regardless of how many fat cells you have, they don't have to be filled up. And who makes that choice? And this is a big argument in the world right now, Is this a genetic challenge? Is it a disease? Is it a choice? Is it a lack of discipline? What is it? And I don't want to get into the argument because I don't want, I really don't want our kids to grow up in a world where being overweight or obese or morbidly obese becomes normal. And unfortunately it has. We already have a world population now that is 50% or more overweight or obese. Obese. Uh, where your weight is affecting your health. And that's when I say weight again, uh, there are a lot of people who have a big body with lots of body fat on it, but they've got a low resting heart rate, they've got healthy blood pressure, healthy blood sugar levels, healthy blood fat levels. They're really fit and strong. They just eat a lot of food. So their fat cells are full. That's where their weight is not affecting their health. Now, they might be recorded as being obese, But they're not unhealthy. Now, that's a very rare breed, and I get that. But I just wanted to add that in there, that that is, of course, possible. So even if you're somebody who loves to eat food, and there's lots of cultures like that where food is the culture, and we get together as a family, and we eat a stack of food. And if you eat a lot of food, as I shared, in one way, shape, or form, it'll turn into fat, yeah? But if you're really fit and if you're really strong and your body can burn up the blood sugar levels, because that's the thing that causes cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes, coronary heart disease, stroke, lots of cancers and all the breakdown of the body. If you've got a fit body that can burn up blood sugar, and if you've got a fit body that can burn up blood fats, then carrying around extra body fat, the subcutaneous layer, is not necessarily dangerous. And I'll give you another example. No woman has ever died of a fat bum. And I, I just think that's a beautiful thing to be able to share. Men tend to carry fat around the middle and women post-menopause tend to carry fat around the middle, which is dangerous because that's where we, where our organs are, li- are living and we don't want them to get all squished up with fat. But fat on your backside, fat on the back of your arm, that's designed obviously for having babies and we seemed, uh, again, a lot focused on I want to lose fat off my bum Uh, A lot of genetics bodies are genetically designed not to do that. And again, talk to any plastic surgeon where that is a time when liposuction is quite normal because I've got a thin face, I've got a thin upper body, I'm really fit and I'm really strong and I've exercised my ass off, but my ass hasn't come off because it's genetically designed. I have that particular genetic design where my ass hangs onto fat and there's lots of people like that. So that's when a plastic surgeon will say, you're really fit, you're really strong, you've got resting heart rate that's low, you've got great uh, healthy blood pressure, you've got low blood sugar levels, you've got low blood fat levels. Let's do liposuction to take those particular fat cells off. And again, I'll share it. There are a lot of plastic surgeons that won't do liposuction because if you screw up their work, they don't like it. That's just an interesting take note from a lot of the plastic surgeons that I've worked with. So how do we wrap all of that up? Uh, could we please stop focusing on weight loss please could we stop focusing on weight loss i don't know how many times i'm begging please can we stop focusing on weight loss because if i'm focused on the scales i'm going to screw up my headspace and how many people have you met where they are already screwed up their whole life is determined by what the number on the scales say but they're the ones that'll have a pee before they weigh themselves. They'll have a poo before they weigh themselves. They'll do an exercise session before they weigh themselves, so that they've uh, lost fluid and from sweating. Some people go in the sauna before they weigh themselves, so they can weigh less on the scales. But what does that do to your headspace? What does that do to your health? And if you're doing this with your weight, with your and weight, whether it's fat or not, if you're constantly doing this and it's screwing with your head then we end up psychologically cranky, angry, disturbed, depressed, all the things that happen when food's controlling our life, when exercise is controlling our life, when the weight, the scales are controlling our life, our 10,000 cents are controlling our life, our body fat percent, percentage is controlling our life. I think all of that's really sad, and I don't want that for anybody. How about you? You know what I'd love? I'd love everybody to live like this. <laughs> this is, I'm just going to throw it out there. Pick a weight, pick a size, pick an energy level and stay that way for the rest of your life. None of this anymore. Love everything that you eat. So eat when you're hungry. Stop eating when you're full. Exercise because you love it. Everything you eat, you should love it. Why we eat food that we don't like, I don't know why we waste calories on food that we don't like. So eat what you love and enjoy it. Exercise and enjoy it. Turn your body into a fast fat-burning, food-burning, calorie-burning, sugar-burning, carbohydrate-burning, everything-burning machine. When you are really fit and really strong, you change your headspace. So this ridiculous, got to go on a diet thing and got to weigh myself, often when people get really fit and really strong, that all changes because they start thinking clearly. When you exercise at high intensity, so when you get really puffed and you lift really heavy in a combination of both, your brain chemistry changes. So you actually start thinking more clearly. And the reason for that is that, that series of exercise where you produce epinephrine, adrenaline, cortisol, and then you produce dopamine, serotonin, endorphins, the painkillers, and then brain-derived neurotrophic factor, that beautiful process... Brain-derived neurotropic factor is fertilizer for your brain, which produces neurogenesis, new brain cells, and neuroplasticity, different ways of thinking. So when you get really fit and really get really strong, it's really interesting to watch what happens to people's head spaces. For example, if you're about to go out and punch hard, kick hard, sprint, lift heavy... Usually you're not thinking about, I'm going to go and have a cookie or eat some Kentucky Fried Chicken or have a bucket of chips. You're getting your body ready. And epinephrine and adrenaline actually starts getting you ready before you even go. So you're not, and I have to make that, that's a really interesting thing. Because when you're in the fight and flight headspace, your body shuts off all the things it doesn't need. So if you've got a wild animal chasing you, you don't feel hungry, you don't feel like having sex, you're not thirsty, uh, your immune system even shuts off because you've got to get the hell out of there. So your body shuts down all the systems it doesn't need so that it can get you ready to fight and flight. So that's why when you're getting ready to exercise and you're going to be doing high intense exercise, where an ep- epinephrine and adrenaline is really important, you don't even feel hungry. Then after you've exercised really hard, and if you've ever done that where you've got really puffed, you've lifted really heavy and you put your body under 100% effort stress, then the really interesting thing is you don't really feel like eating because you're so high now. You've got dopamine, serotonin, endorphins, happy drugs, and brain-derived neurotrophic factor, just flooding your brain. So you feel awesome without having to eat food because a lot of people use food for the dopamine rush. I need a chocolate or I need a coffee or I need a piece of cake or I need to go and eat a lovely dinner because their life's really crappy and they're trying to make it better. So they're trying to produce dopamine. Well, the human body produces it when you exercise really hard. When you exercise really hard, you get fit. When you are really strong, you can exercise harder. So get strong to get fit, to turn your body into a you ready? This is I find this so exciting. How about you? Uh, food burning, calorie burning, fat burning, everything burning machine. Yes. But because your brain chemistry changes, everything changes. And I'm gonna give you an interesting uh, a, a philosophy of life. If nothing changes, nothing changes. And I know you've heard that before, but if you could give that some really careful consideration. If you keep focusing on weight loss, and you've been focusing on weight loss all of your life, here's some really awful statistics. Women that have dieted all of their lives end up being fatter than women that have never dieted. Wouldn't that be sad to spend your whole life counting calories, not eating what you love, can't have, mustn't have, don't have, shouldn't have, and you end up fatter than the women that never dieted at all? Now, they they haven't done that on men because there are very few men that have dieted their whole lives. But I think that's really sad. I don't want that for anybody. I want people to love their food. I want people to have a stack of energy, pick a weight, pick a size, pick an energy level and stay that way for the rest of your life. Now, I wouldn't pick a weight. I'd pick a clothes size. And I often share I have a pair of black trousers that I always try on once a week, sometimes once a month because I forget. And if those trousers are too tight, I eat less, move more. If those trousers are too loose particularly at my age. I'm really careful about that because if you lose too much fat off your body, you end up looking really old in the face. So I don't want those pants to be too loose either. And that's my test. That's my body fat test. What do those black pants look like? And I will share with you very passionately and and happily that I bought those trousers when I was 18 years of age and now I'm very old. So it's very cool to say I bought that pair of trousers when I was 18. I'm still wearing those pair of trousers. Uh, every so often they get too tight I move more eat less I puff more eat less if those trousers are too loose I still keep puffing a lot but I eat a bit more a bit more chalky goes in the mouth because I don't want to look as I'm getting older I don't want to get that dieting look on my face and that's the one time in my life I will share very personally with you when I was doing the one bodybuilding competition that I did the one um, body shaping competition uh, I had a, I had to have a passport photo taken at the time that I was getting ready for that competition and I had to I got stuck with that photo for what is it 10 years I think you have a a passport photo and I just looked really old because I was very thin yuck (laughs) I'm I'm being as personal as I can because as a personal exercise coach and as somebody who really wants people to be healthy fit and strong without dieting and I will share again wouldn't it be nice if we ate when we were hungry, stopped eating when we were full and loved everything that we ate? What if we were really fit and really strong and our body was a fast fat-burning machine, calorie-burning machine, happy drug-pumping machine, high-performance machine with a strong immune system so we can stay happy, healthy, fit and strong for long without caring what the bloody scales say? Wouldn't that be awesome? woo Because I want to feel good. na 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 And I do, yeah, because I'm healthy Fit and strong! Woohoo! Ha-ha-ha.